So, if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's actually the easiest way to make a podcast and it's free. That's the best part. The nice thing is it also distributes a podcast to various other podcast sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much everywhere else. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You can download the free app or you can go to anchor.fm. Enjoy and now let's get back to the coffee and sock sessions with me Pranil. outside I don't know we're just chilling outside watching the stars and and I'm like this has been a fucked up year the CIA came out and told people that aliens exist and nobody gave a shit like literally nobody cared that's how much like, the year been... yeah. <laughs> oh shit okay <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's how crazy it's been like when news like that is everyone's just like that's the least of our worries let them do what exactly. they want to do yeah, any other year we would have spoken about it the entire year but for centuries like, yeah. it would be making news headlines aliens because that thing in the desert that they recently saw there was like some giant piece of iron some oh there's about eight of them now eight yeah those monoliths they keep on the calling monolith. them monoliths. that's yeah, it. that's yeah. what they keep calling them yeah. and i was like hey what's going on here so it's it's, it's like this year <laughs> it's like nothing surprises people anymore there's very <laughs> little that surprises people that's how scary it is it's just like the question we've been asking for like centuries do aliens exist and they they're telling us they're they're here you know and we're like me <laughs> yeah. this this is a crazy documentary so i'm just going to roll with this we'll just talk yeah. like if you're fine with this no i'm cool part of I'm, the thing. yeah so there's this crazy thing that um i was watching a podcast and this guy was talking about how he worked at area 51 and mm. this guy was terrified though hey in the interview he was like you could see this guy is having like little panic attacks he's getting mad headaches he's getting like really bad like migraines and stuff because you're so stressed about coming out of this um bob lazar i don't know if you've heard of his name bob i've heard lazar. his name yeah 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 um so yeah and this guy was talking about how he used to see he worked part of, as part of a secret program and he used to see like all these little these strange objects and these strange aircrafts that you walk in there and it's just literally like minimal it's just like like what we would assume alien spacecrafts are after the world has depicted them in like just these very sharp edged minimal objects and he said that's exactly what it's like and he didn't know what the frick was going on because he's walking into these things and he's like what is this and then they're doing like tests to see what minerals are made from and how they can use it for different energy sources it's crazy and now we are here in 2020 they're telling us aliens are there <laughs> what are they? i saw a thing <laughs> i saw a thing that they were like they'll speak to us when we are ready to speak to them and i was like what <laughs> who's when the aliens are ready to speak to us then they'll speak to us like no man i don't know it's just, it's so weird this year has just been it's been something special eh it's been 
Do you remember Remember a few years ago when, sorry, there was like a live feed, you know, NASA does those live feeds of the earth, you know, like from space. And randomly there was just like this object that appeared in the sky out of nowhere and immediately NASA cut that feed. Yes, Do you remember, I remember that? that? They cut the feed, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, you should have known. Well, I saw um, a video and, and I mean, it's so hard now to tell if things were doctored or not, but it didn't, I don't think it was cause from the background and how people were behaving. So it shows this bird, it's flying across the sky and then it just stops, like it's it's not hovering. It's like it's landed on some shit that you can't see. And what? then it carries on, like there was a glitch in the matrix, you know, like when yes. you're buffering. Yes. Yeah. I've seen those things. Have you, have you, there's a whole lot of those videos because obviously there's like a rabbit hole. You see one yeah, yeah. and then YouTube, you're screwed for the next five or six <laughs> hours. That's your life now. Now you're looking at videos of, people who time travel and all these glitches in the matrix and i've seen so many of these videos where it's just like it's crazy like have you, the ones where people just appear like they crossing through different like realms and there's like people driving in traffic and suddenly there's just a dude standing in the middle of the road and people swerve and you look and then there's just a random guy that you can see this guy is he's also in his own world he doesn't know where he is how he got there and he's standing in the middle of a road it's like a crazy thing and you just see like all these glitches recently i've seen these not really square but really quite straight and angular clouds i've got a bunch of them i'll 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 send them to you like different people in different countries one person put it up in a group that I'm in and was like, what is this? You know, look at this cloud. It was like re- literally straight, like a book or a table or whatever. And then a bunch of other people then started saying that I, I took a photo of one last year or three months ago or whatever. And it's like clouds, but they're square or like sharp. They've got edges yeah. and straight lines. It's almost as so if they're theory, sitting on top of something or like surrounding, blocking something. I feel like that cloaking spacecraft because like do you know what i mean like there's yeah, probably yeah. some way inside and then this cloud is supposed to camouflage it but it's clearly not doing a great job at it huh. i need to see this yeah you must definitely yeah, see i'll that. find them for you, I'll send you them. see this is the problem now this is what i end up doing i see one thing that monolith thing i looked at that thing once and then i literally went down the deepest rabbit hole and then now you get so curious because there's not enough you want more but now you want to reach like a deeper level so then I go onto the deep web and then I search the dark web and I start and then that leads you into CIA stuff and then you start yeah. looking at CIA documents and then you start looking at declassified like it's just there's too many questions it scares me that's what scares the shit out of me it's like I love space I love all of that stuff but then when you start thinking about all these unanswered questions like you actually can go crazy i honestly believe you can drive yourself become paranoid is that just me yeah, you need to know when to to pull back and say enough i mean i went through that whole all of these things that people call conspiracy theories most of them mm. turn out to be true in 2020 yeah um i think about four or five years ago and then there was a time when there was a, a mini intervention at my house that you need <laughs> with the flat earth and the moon being fake and whatever else you're into. 
I but even I could tell that I need help. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so convincing. You look at these things sometimes and you are absolutely convinced. There was a stage, and I'm actually embarrassed to say it. There was a stage that there's this whole conspiracy about this dude, um, this big Trump supporter. And there was a whole conspiracy that the deep state were putting out there that this guy was actually uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. And that he mm. didn't die in that plane crash. And this guy was disguised as Robert Kennedy. And he was Trump supporter. And he was now trying to expose all the people that killed you know, his brother. And the mm. plot was now to kill everyone. And that's what Trump was. So Trump was actually the savior. The, the man that was going to come save the universe from all the evil politicians in America. And then I was like, no, wait, that's like you said, pull yourself back and had to eventually pull myself back. And I started telling my wife about it. And the moment I mentioned that she's like, stop. It's enough now. That's enough now. <laughs> stop it. She's like, I'm actually going to start censoring everything you read and watch because this is now getting too ridiculous. I, I listen to your conspiracy theories about things, but this is where it stops. And it's actually, yeah, that's when I realized some these things, some, and that's what they do, like on Facebook in the, which was it? I was watching this uh, thing on people who like curate and monitor content on YouTube and Facebook and stuff. So they were speaking mm -hmm. to these people that actually moderate the stuff. And they were saying, there's so many of these types of conspiracies out there that even them, even they themselves at some point start to believe it. Like there's a whole thing about Holocaust denial. Like people mm. actually in denial that the Holocaust even happened. It happened, yeah, I know. That. And I was like, imagine how convincing you have to be to actually like, and how much you must believe it for it to actually, to get people to actually believe it. It's actually it's scary. I like, I like, I like that because I mean, the flat earth thing, right? So um, I went to an ayahuasca, I think, ayahuasca ceremony. Now we're I, getting I, into it. Yes. I think it was ayahuasca. And then there was this guy who looks like Jesus, but like regular Jesus. We all know that Jesus wasn't white, but you know the pictures yeah. of Jesus that we all know he looks like Jesus. The propaganda so, picture of Jesus. So, so I mean, any guy who looks like that is the guy you want to talk to because nobody looks like that by mistake, you know? <laughs> so I hang out with this guy and he starts talking about flat earth theory. I'm like, okay, right, that sounds stupid. But then I get home and it's like scratching at the back of my mind, scratching at the back of my mind. So I go down this whole flat earth thing and I don't know, I just don't buy it because I, I I might be tiny on the world, but it doesn't feel flat to me, you know? Yeah. So I'm not particularly interested in that. But while I was going down the flat earth theory rabbit hole, yeah. I came across the fact that the moon is fake. And that then <laughs> took yeah, me to know about the moon. <laughs> what do they say about the moon? That it's a satellite. It's, it's man-made or it's not, it's not organic. It's I not, actually yeah, think I've heard something big, like this. Yeah. So, so I did that for a while. And then, but anyway, the, my point is that all of these things are so convincing. What I love about them is that when I'm done with all of them, I know that I have no idea what the absolute truth is. Mm. And whatever I 
own as the truth is what makes my life bearable or pleasurable. But, yeah. but there's no such thing. So it's really stupid for any of us to fight over the truth. Because if you give anything a chance, you it can, can fall be the for truth. It, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the earth might be flat. The moon is probably fake. You know, you, you take the one that works for you and you go with it. Yeah, it's true because you believe whatever helps you get through life, whatever helps you get yeah. through your day. If that's what, if you believe the earth is flat and that makes you happy, then let the earth be flat to you. But I think like it gets intense when people start getting very aggressive towards these ideas of, you know, the earth is flat and now I'm going to fight everyone and I'm going to start trolling the shit out of people. But then trolls also get funny as well sometimes, I guess. But yeah, it opens but up I mean, your mind to new things and new ways of thinking that sometimes outside of this box, there's more that you can explore. You don't have to adopt everything, but you can explore these ideas. But it's not only the tin head people who are aggressive about their views. Actually, us who are called normal people, we're even more because we shame you. As soon as you're different, then you're a conspiracy theorist, you're crazy, whatever. There's actually a lot more gaslighting that happens with ordinary, ordinary people. So whatever mm -hmm. is the primary narrative that 80% or whatever believe, we are more often than not, we're the ones who are really quite, it's just that it's phrased differently. So I'll give you, it's not a direct example, but it'll make sense. Um, when a black guy in America is violent, it's a black man did this and that. When a young boy um, shoots up a whole school, they, they say a disturbed what, what, what. When it's a brown person, they say a terrorist, right? But when you look at it, it's just about the way the whole thing is phrased. It's like now that we're talking about conspiracy theories, um, for a while there was into the American politics mm. and Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son and the laptop. Oh yeah, yeah, the laptop. Yeah. And, and whether you like it or not, there were dodgy pictures in it. And then how they said it was that he's got an underage problem. What the fuck is an underage problem, underage right? Problem. Yes, no. no there he's a pedophile. He's not an underage exactly. problem. He's a freaking pedophile. pedophile. Yeah, if he wasn't rich and powerful, he'd be a pedophile. So, so my point is that the mainstream, and I'm, I'm not using, I know people say mainstream media a lot, but mainstream as in what we call normal, ordinary, whatever. Mm. We just use word spells and magic, but, but we are as much bullies as the people who are in the fringe. It's just that our side is the one that, that's accepted. And I say, oh, I don't really consider myself very mainstream, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. It's, well, I think it's just like mainstream now. We should just call it media in general because media is, everything is just mainstream these days. Like everything around us, we, I feel like everything is just fabricated. And it's true. Like I've actually noticed because I also went down the American politics and, you know, like basically how things are. And I remember they, and they will, often say like with a white person that's gone and shut up something he has mental problems yes, but a brown yes. person he's a terrorist immediately he's a terrorist yeah even you remember that story of the guy um who uh, he chopped up like uh i think a marine you, the guy was a marine in the streets of england sometime like a few years back there was a story of a guy that literally just butchered like it was hectic a guy in the street and when I read the headline, I think it was on Daily Mail, it, is, it was immediately Nigerian 
Islamist yes, chops yes. up XYZ in the streets. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a dude. Now it's Nigerian because now they're yeah. trying to distance themselves from this guy being a black guy who's living in England as an England, as an English and a British citizen. So let's distance ourselves from the fact that he's, you know, living in our country and one of us. And then also let's make known that, oh, this is what terrorists do. So now he's, he's, he's a Muslim. So now he, it's not our problem. We, we could not have helped this. This guy came from Nigeria. Meanwhile, the dude was born. He's got a British accent. It's, media is a scary thing. Honestly, it's like, it's terrifying. And you, I've seen it. We've worked in it some of us still work in it and we (laughs) but we know this like it's it's actually so scary how um the truth how far sometimes the truth is from and it it's like you said in your book it's not even how it's not that people aren't reporting on a story it's how they are telling the story how they word it like you were saying like this in your book you're talking about something that's dangerous for you they don't tell you that it's not dangerous they just mm-hmm. phrase it in a way like, I think you made the example of the Volvo when you said like, if you want the safest car, yeah. buy a Vol- for your family, buy a Volvo type of thing. Instead of saying like, you know, um, your family could die, so you should buy this car. It's like, no, if you want to keep your family safe, this is the car for you. It's like, it's the why, why you should buy something, right? Like that yeah. whole, it's I not about the product. Sales. Yes, so there's so many. I I like um I like words obviously, and I always mm. look for for words. So the one I mean, we brought it up briefly now about the Hunter Hunter Biden guy, mm. but you'll notice when um certain people who are powerful um do something shady, it's um oh it's like with the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, and I suppose because he was rich and he had lots of rich friends, I think for a while there, they didn't really want to admit how far this thing went. Yeah. And they kept on talking about, um, one, they'd say non-consensual sex, which is bizarre because if it's not consensual, it's rape. It's, it's rape. Right? There's, there's no, it's, it's not a thing. There's no such thing as non-consensual sex. <laughs> if it's what, not consensual, what is that? It's rape. And, yeah. and then they will also say underage women. Underage women are children. They are girls. So non-consensual sex with an underage woman is raping a child. A minor, exactly. Yes, yes. So in brackets, pedophile. Because when you say minor, if I use the word minor, you don't have a visual of a human being. It's very, it's a legalese. Mm, Yes. Raping a child, it's a child. If she's underage, she's a child. And, and we do that, we use words, right? And the, the, the right word that you pick, I remember once I was attending some stand-up comedy thing. I don't remember who it was because I wish I could credit them. And this guy was talking about the only illnesses that only white people get. And mm-hmm. one of them is being a kleptomaniac. So it's like, <laughs> if you're any other race, <laughs> you're a thief. <laughs> but if, you're not a thief, you're a kleptomaniac. <laughs> As soon as if they say you're, somebody's got kleptomania, you know for a fact that they're white because everybody else who stole something is a thief. Is a thief. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the, it, but they're very powerful. Those those word spells. No, they yeah. are very powerful, very scary, very yeah. It's very manipulative. 
obviously, I mean, that's, that's what the world of marketing and advertising is, I guess, like, how can we make the unsexiest thing sound as sexy as possible for people to buy into it, right? Yeah, and also make you think that it was your idea. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. That's yeah, the whole point of it is is to make, and I mean, it, it goes beyond, because really everything is is media and marketing. Mm. Um, and I mean, we it's like with politics, you pick sides, right? You pick sides, you fight, you get angry at your partner, your parents, whatever. And when you really come down to it, 90% of your opinion is based on what you consumed. Somebody told you how to feel about this person, someone positioned this person in a particular way. But the nice thing now about the internet, if you've got time, mm. um, the other day I was on, so I, I like following all these fringe people who like, you know, this person saying, are they crazy? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so there's one guy I follow on Facebook and um, he, he had a screenshot of Julius Malema's tweet about something or the other. And then clearly he has the time he went and got one from 2016 where he was saying the opposite of what uh. he was saying now and with just as much energy, you know? <laughs> and But that's, that's the nice thing now about the internet. You can go and, and follow this history where I, it's so easy to play with our emotions. You know, now we hate this one. Now we want them back. Now this is the one to hate and we're all going and hating this one. And you're scared, even if deep down you feel like, this sounds like bullshit. I don't think this guy is so bad. You don't want to be the person to say that, you know, mm. because everybody's going to just jump down your throat. I was looking during the whole American election thing. I've got a couple of friends who are American and relatives and people were fighting with each other on Facebook. Like your statement makes me think that you're a Trump supporter or whatever, please, can you clarify? And I mean, who cares? Like, ultimately Why? at the end of the day, I don't know, but that's my point that it's also bizarre because most of your opinion, most of it has to do with what you've seen on the news and how it's phrased and whether somebody was called a kleptomaniac versus a thief or a disturbed person versus a violent ex-convict it's all been set up, you know? And there was a time that I used, I was doing a TV show. Um, and it, I think it was, I never watched it. I was on TV and I never watched it once, the actual show, but I think it was 25 minutes long, mm. but we shoot for four, four, four or five days. So this one girl who was in one of the, the episodes, it was some life coaching type stuff. Mm. afterwards um she didn't like how she came across and then she she tagged me i don't know if it was twitter or facebook at the time and said you made me look like a psycho blah 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 <laughs> but i didn't respond to her there i found her email address and i responded to her directly and i said lady you watched a show that was 23 minutes long that we shot for six days why do you think they needed six days worth of footage <laughs> to find what they needed to yes, put out there and the perception that they needed the to achieve. That they've decided is going to be the bimbo. Everybody has a bimbo moment. Yeah. At least once a day. And if we follow you around for six days, we'll have enough. You'll catch one, you know? exactly. Yes, to set up that story. I don't, 
I get so frustrated by how naive people are in believing that what you see is is real. But isn't that just because a lot of, I mean, if you didn't work in media, you didn't work in marketing, you would think that I grew up thinking what I saw in the news, what I read in the newspaper, it has to be true. Why would they print something that's not true? So do you, do you, isn't it because we worked in these spaces that we understand and we know how it works? So for the rest of the world, isn't that why the power exists? Because everyone assumes if it's on TV, I mean, how many people actually say if it's on Facebook, it must be true? Like how many people have referenced? I read it on and, Facebook. Yes. And then the other way around as well that, well, it wasn't in the news, so it can't have, ha have happened. But there are gatekeepers. There are people who decide what you get to see, what you don't know. If something that big had happened, it would have been in the news. And you're right. And, and I mean, you, you know, I suppose that that's why I do what I do. I, I believe that we all have a path and a purpose. And mm -hmm. the things that happen in your life are not random and they're building towards something. Like one of my very first, I think my third job or something like that, I worked at Edgar's, Edcon, actually the head office, Edcon. Yeah. And I was a production assistant. I don't remember the term, but it was still, I don't know if they still do that now. I doubt it. But remember a long time ago when you bought the newspaper, there'd be that whole giant leaflet with the clothes and the things, mm. those inserts. I don't know if they still have them for clothing. Like I know the they have them. Red for... square in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and so I got to go through the whole experience of casting models, right? Mm -hmm. And even if, when they come, you want to pick the prettiest people. And then the day of the shoot, there's a professional photographer, a professional lighting person, a professional makeup artist, there's somebody directing the shoot. And then after that, they sit and then they pick the best pictures and then they put them on a light box. And then they still remove whatever blemishes have happened so they picked a hot person and then they got all of these people whose jobs are to make them look as good as they can mm. and then after that then there was the photoshopping and i realized that even the models don't look like themselves and i was lucky that when when i was exposed to this i think i was around 1920 mm. and i think that was for me the first step of hmm yeah this this is make believe you know and as you go and, and think about how many people, and now it's the whole thing with the Instagram influencers and all of that stuff. Sure. Similar thing, but the people who are consuming this don't realize that this is not real. You know, this is curated. This is um, fake. It's set up. Yeah. And, and people set their lives and their standards against this very unreal world. They make their decisions based on this very unreal world. I saw this funny... Um, little comic strip. So it's a couple and they've got a baby. Baby's crying as the baby's crying, crying, crying. And then in the next shot, it comes down for a second. And then the husband says to the wife, quickly, let's take a picture while he's quiet. So they take a picture and then they post it on Facebook. And then they show other people looking at the baby say, oh, it's so cute. We should have a baby. Because nobody <laughs> takes a picture of the baby when he's throwing the exactly. bloody camera, right? Exactly. And, and then we use these things to make decisions. We're using people's highlights to make decisions about our life-changing decisions. Yeah, yes. massive life-changing decisions. 
and we you look at it and you literally think you like you say you see the highlight reel because that's what it's designed for if you think about mm. it, instagram facebook it's there you're putting your best foot forward and all those mm. platforms because it's all about how you want people to perceive you how you want people to think oh 15 years down the line after my metric you know i want people to see that i'm successful because i'm living in some big house but back at the ranch it's a house your company hired for you to work to stay at while you were in cape town for three days you know what i mean it's like and that's what people put out there because and people won't deliberately say oh offers for the week they literally just put the picture up with the house to you sitting there and that's the mental image that people will remember of you for the next five years and or until they see you they'll be like oh we see you're living the best dude i get that i used to get that so much because not because i was trying to fool people but with instagram i like to put up the nice things that's what i like about instagram most of the time it's it's the happy place a colleague of ours carl gosner who used to work with us like you know carl you yeah. know carl and that was one of the things he said to me he likes to scroll through instagram because it's the place where people put their best foot forward it's nice it makes people feel good because everything you're not going to see shitty pictures you're not going to see random stuff you're going to see the nicest things so it was a very like fulfilling place and so i would just put up because he likes art and it's like a digital art gallery yeah yeah that's exactly it and he was like really cool he used to identify so many really cool like people for me to follow you know from a content point of view especially the local guys um and he what is that saying oh yeah so i would put up these pictures of like just cool moments in my life you know if i get Mm -hmm. to meet david beckham Ryan Giggs, like heroes of mine. So these are cool moments that, you know, I'm proud of. It's not necessarily to say, oh, look who I met. It's just like, this is really cool. And also it's it's like a catalog for me. One day, if something happens, I lose my phone. I've got a place where it's stored. You know what I mean? Like people can go back and trace who their great, great grandfather was on the internet if that platform and those platforms still exist. So it's, that's what I was putting out. And people would always come up to me when they would see me after like a few years or whatever and be like, you've made it. You're living the life. You, you know what, like of all the people in our grade, you have made it. And I'd be like, no, bro. You don't even know what I just, I just came from seeing the psychiatrist for three hours. You, I have not made it. I have not like, yes, there are certain moments in my life that I enjoy, but don't make a decision based on what you see once or twice or three times. And it, it wouldn't be like it's every day I'm meeting David Beckham. It would be like every few months I meet someone cool or like I have a really cool moment you know, most of the time it's like pictures of the sky and plants and just like quotes and music and stuff. But people literally absorbed everything. And if me, just a normal person in society can invoke that kind of decision-making in someone. And sometimes it's not even strangers. It's people that may know me for years or they saw me six months ago, but they still, they're still able to draw that conclusion. Mm, yeah mm. so imagine what a lot of these mass media streams are able to achieve like when you think about news in america obviously america is like the most powerful media industry you know people literally look at that as the official fact it was on it was on fox news jesus help me 
it was on Fox or it was on CNN. And those are the biggest bullshitting news networks ever. So if people are basing all their decision-making and it also comes down to what else you said in your book about cognitive bias, you kind of, you, you believe what you, you see something, if it aligns to what your belief is, it resonates more with you. And then you believe it even more. So if, am I correct in, in that, in the way? Yes, and, yeah? and you'll also, even before you get to the cognitive bias, you will also, if we're talking about um, news channels, right? And you know that this one is leaning left and this one is leaning right and you are a left-leaning person. You're not going to watch the right-leaning one because you know it's going to piss you off anyway. Yeah. So already, we, we are already inclined to consume the information that's going to say, which is, which is what I said actually at the beginning, that I don't really care what people think, right? Um, and I actually seek out people who really think weird stuff. I, it's like yeah, my yeah. little hobby in life is to talk to people who think weird things. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I like that there's so much range and there's so much variety in the world. And what bothers me is when we want so hard for our truth to be the truth, mm. you know? and then make other, impinge on other people's rights, their sovereignty, their peace, because, and, and, and in all honesty, when you actually genuinely, truly believe something to be true in your bones, you don't really need anybody else to come along with you. It's mm. when you are insecure about it. I often um, tell people that I've got a friend who was, born um, in a Muslim family, and then she became a born again Christian. And unless if it comes up in conversation, or, and she's very devout with her born again Christianity, but unless if something comes up that brings it up, you'll never know, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then I know other people who will be always harassing you, going, telling you, you're gonna go to hell, you have to take Jesus as your savior, and blah, 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 and this and that. And, and I feel that the difference is that with her, she, she came to that place by herself. She had the one religion and she said, okay, this doesn't work for me for whatever reason. And this works for me for whatever reason. It came from her, mm -hmm. right? And so she, she has a solidity in it. And she doesn't need a second person, a third person, a fourth person to, to make her feel better and say, yes, also me, I also think Jesus is the way Jesus because the she way arrived there. But, but if you swallowed it and it's not a, a truth that came out of you, hmm. but it's something that you, you, you were either told or conditioned into, you're not solid enough in it. You need a crowd. You need everybody else to be doing what you're doing. And, and I feel like all of this, and I, and I think about it a lot lately because there's all sorts of fights if it's not racial it's gender-based or now even about sexuality csi people versus um sure. what lgbtqi yeah, yeah and then the other day i was with someone who was who's is it asexual or pansexual which ones don't are not attracted to anyone but yeah it's asexual but i think it there was pansexual was also part of that it it be it transitioned i think the word transitioned to pansexual well, 
Yeah, yeah because I don't want to piss any, anyone off. Um, but the, <laughs> Let oh, me check. No, but my point was that it was like, and I was like, you know, and, and she was lamenting how she, uh, people like her are invisible, they're not seen, nobody talks about them when they, they, they assume that everybody wants to have sex with someone, whether it's, it's someone of your same gender, different gender, mm. uh, monogamous, whatever. Well, some of us don't have any sexual feelings at all. And I feel like the, we like to be, I, we like having an identity, you know? Um, if, if you, like for instance, me and the adrenal fatigue, I was sick for a long time. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And then one day somebody put a name on it and I was quite happy to say, okay, now I know what this thing is. Now I can interact with it. I can understand it. I can solve it. And an and identity does that for you, but in the wrong hands, I feel like right now we're being given micro labels that we think are a gift, but they're actually a poison because as soon as I'm this, somebody else is that. And then, and then we are manipulated to, to see the other as the enemy. So now you as an asexual person, who doesn't want to have sex? I know what I am now, and all these fuckers who are always fucking and the fucking. So the pansexuals, the pansexuals are the ones attracted, <laughs> irrespective of your gender or whatever your your orientation might be. So the pansexuals that are just having a field day, irrespective. No, no, this person was asexual, I think. Oh, so asexual. Okay, so they're person. just happy to be within themselves. Yeah, just... they they yeah, they don't have sexual impulses of any oh, okay. sort mm. yeah so 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 we we get labels and then instead of being oh i understand myself we we society at the moment is quite sick and then so these labels that we use are then impulsed for us to look at it as as opposed to it all being about you you look at it from the outside as in us and them, people like me and people who are not like me, the people mm. in this side and, the, and then I, I probably have to fight for something, they, they have it better than me, blah, blah, blah. I had a conversation, an interesting conversation with my daughter, she's 12. And then she, she's got a friend and I don't know what they talk about at this girl's house, but her friend has been having anxiety attacks because Julius Malema wants to take the house, the land. I've seen it. It's a nice house. <laughs> you don't blame him. Walking around Bryanston looking for a house to take. Ah. <laughs> so this child is getting herself all worked up because she's convinced that the black people want to take their land, my land. And then um, and then she wasn't around, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so my daughter who, I, I tell her about the real history and I contextualize things, whatever. Mm. And she says, you know what, mama, I won't mention the friend's name, but you know what, mama, I think um, that she shouldn't really be saying that it's her land because she got it from us. And I'm like, yeah, well, we can take it from her and then the Quaisan can come and then and take, take it from, it from us. <laughs> and, and while they are having a party, 
for some bizarre reason, because it's 2020, the dinosaurs show up and say, in fact, actually, Bye. we were here first and we're bigger than you and we can eat you, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, don't be silly dinosaur. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm being stupid, but these conversations, yeah, yeah. At some point you, you have to deal with what is happening right now. Yeah, because I, that's the thing you end up like, society i feel like you were saying is so much more divided because there's so much more emphasis on these kind of micro uh, personalities and micro identities that people are currently going through you know what i mean so it's great everyone gets to express themselves everyone gets to be who they are but i because of that like you're saying it's us versus them and there's so many us versus it's almost like we're going to divide society by telling people anyone who doesn't agree with who you are must be eliminated yes we don't have any appetite to be offended anymore there's the word triggered this triggered me I triggered. Triggered by that. this triggered me let's cancel this oh. one i'm offended by this when did being offended become fatal guys like yeah. when did it shave like years of your life to be offended and that's the thing is being offended I actually, I'm actually, sometimes I worry about speaking about the story, but I, there was an incident where someone dressed up, uh, straight men dressed up in dresses to show support for Pride Month. Mm -hmm. And it caused carnage on the socials because mm -hmm. people were like, you are mocking us, you're making fun of us. If you think this is what supporting gay pride is about, then you're mistaken. And I, I thought about it because obviously it was like, it got quite heated. I was watching this stuff happen. And yes, you're arguing, you're disagreeing and you're offended, right? But wouldn't that have been a better platform to say, you know what, let's talk about this. Let me, let's sit down either. And it's, it's on, this was on a, on a radio platform. So it could have been handled differently, I believe. Yes, I get people getting angry about it because they're kind of being misinterpreted in what they believe in, but that I don't always know. I can't be in every community. So you can't expect me to understand everything, but then it's my duty to also go and find out as much information as possible before doing something, right? But in this instance, I feel that it would have been better if the person said, you know what, if people said, this is not what it's about, but let us come onto your show and let us talk about it so we can set the record straight. Because in that moment, it just caused more division. Now it becomes, now there's a fight. And eventually it broke out into like a social media fight, but it no longer involved like the people that were part of the initial thing. It became a fight between the straight people and the LGBTQ community that we're literally now trashing each other. So in the middle of that, a really powerful platform was lost because instead of being offended by something and said, you know what, let's talk about it. Let me, let me tell you how it is. Let's inform people so everyone can then make informed decisions and, and be better positioned to have an opinion on a certain matter. That could have been the platform to clear out so much, but it became literally, it eventually, I remember, the people handling it, they were like, we, we just, we didn't need to do anything because the straight people and the 
and the LGBTQ community just started eating each other alive and the attention was drawn away from the people that were at the center of from the start. Like, and that comes down to the thing of you're offended, yes, but let's that should be something you you open up conversation about because that's how we're going to educate each other. Right now, people are terrified to say anything because they don't actually, not everyone knows the definition of everything that's happening around us. So people are so scared to even take a side sometimes, even if you want to side or stand up for a particular community, you're so scared to do that because you might say the wrong thing in passing and suddenly you're a poser or you're a fake feminist, or you're a fake this, or you're just like the rest of them. It, it's, it's a problem because there aren't enough conversations been happening openly and people just being brutally honest about, you know what, we're all trying to figure this out together. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's engage in conversation. So that's what I said at the very beginning of this conversation, um, when you were saying that the conspiracy theory people can get really crazy mm. when they try to get you to see their side. And I said, no, it's actually the everyday normal people who can get very vicious in mm. like, we also invested in my worldview. You have to see things my way. You won't understand because you haven't had the feelings I've had and this and that and that and that. And it's, I just feel like we've, as humans have, have, turned into little simpering I don't know there's a I just want to go around slapping <laughs> <laughs> you know that meme where everyone just needs a hit slap in the face of the chair that's what we need we <laughs> yes, need to just yes, like yes. waken that kind of that side of us where conflict shouldn't scare us I don't know you know I don't even think it's it's about conflict it's I think we should express our opinions less, which is ironic because all we've been doing for the past hour is expressing <laughs> our opinions. But, but you know what? People have opinions, right? Mm. And before social media, apparently people's circles were like 300 at most or whatever. So there were only so many people who got to hear your opinion. And based on how the world was, there were people who already probably had the same opinion as you, right? So now you go on Twitter, you vomit this, you say this on Facebook, you say this on a podcast on YouTube and, and a million people who are different from you come. And, and most of the time, nobody is trying to really, most of the time we're trying to win. Can we be honest? How many of these conversations are really about, I want to get you? I want to know mm -hmm. where you're coming from. It's never really about that. It's just this giant digital debate and somebody wants to come off being the one who's won. And, and that, that whole conversation just polarizes you even more, right? So just the, the, the two people were fighting, maybe it was two guys who were racist, one is black, one is white. And then they fight. Oh, I saw a thing that the other day and I remember thinking, um, the rich, rich dad, poor dad guy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The... Yeah, so he used an okay, article yeah. about the SAA, SAA, what's the thing they're always doing to SAA? Rescuing. Oh, tourists. they're rescuing, yeah. They're always rescuing yeah. SAA. The, whatever, there's a term, whatever. Whenever they're always trying yeah. to rescue SAA. He used um, that because they, 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 they want to use people's pension funds, government pension funds, right? And he used that 
that headline and article to say that I can't believe that there's still people who are investors who are telling people to invest in pension funds, right? So his whole push was to point towards investing in whatever else that was in pension funds. And then someone, white South African, um, just focused on the article and commented that, yeah, they want the, the white men's money, but now white people are not even allowed to be pilots on SAA um, and we're all gonna leave and then the planes are going to fucking crash. Um, and then, and, and, and clearly this woman has quite a lot of pain because like, if you look at the context, she, she was just triggered. She fetched this thing, right? <laughs> and then and then a black guy came and saw at her and then they started swearing at each other. And as I read it, I got triggered by something that the white lady said to the black guy. And then I got triggered by something that the black guy said to, because you know, when fights start getting hectic, then you, you get into sexist slurs and shut up, you stupid bitch or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I got triggered both sides because I'm feeble. <laughs> And because I'm black, you know, and I'm like, yeah. so now I'm also now polarized, but, but I liked it because I ping ponged, you know, first I was with the black guy. I was like, what the fuck is this lady's pro problem? And then he said something sexist to her and I was like, wait, like there's no winning. There's no winning. So I am like, let's accept that your, your beliefs, your worldview, whatever, it's yours. And if it really works for you, you don't have to go around vomiting it on everybody else. You know, if you mm. still feel that need, you still haven't quite found yourself. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. There's so much white noise around us, you know. And if you're not careful, you can spend your whole life just literally reacting to every single thing that's happening. And that's, that's why people always use that thing of be like that horse with the blinders on that's just running. It sees its target and you just chase your target. And whatever's there, that's your destiny and you just chase your destiny. And right now, when you pay attention to all this white noise, you're gonna be so polarized in every, you're gonna get torn in thousands of directions because someone is always going to say something that pisses you off. You can be, you can be a Zuma supporter and then he does something and you're like, oh, look at this bastard. And then the next day you love him because yes, you know, he, Julius Malema is actually a prime example of this. There are days where people love Julius Malema, and then there are days when they're like, this guy, how has no one assassinated him? That's, that's sort of like things that happen with Julius Malema because it's like, you know, people want to side for the, like actually with the clicks thing that happened, everyone was behind, you know, the clicks, such debacle with the ad that happened. And then there were the people that were like, where's this energy when it comes to human trafficking? Now there was a whole okay. thing about Julius Malema not doing enough. He's fighting for this so hard. Why isn't he fighting for people going through human trafficking? And then it's, it's, it's literally a cycle that, of ideologies. Literally, it's a cycle of ideologies that the, the goalposts keep shifting based on what your belief is for that day or how you feel about certain topics because we can't all agree on the same thing let's put it like that there's never going to be a time that, not even about agreeing i think um we all need to make peace with the fact that we can't all care about the same things mm. and if you care about something 
you do something about it. Stop throwing tantrums that nobody else is caring about the thing that you care about, that somebody you think has more money than you is not using their money for the thing you care about. Somebody who has more power than you, they're not using their power for the thing you care about. Somebody who's a, got a wider platform than you is not using it to deal with the thing that you care about. Um, children are, are dying and you are busy giving people makeup tips. That's what she cares about, makeup, you know? If you mm. care about children, do the things that need to be done so that you also have the power to affect. There's a, when I go back to that whole simpering thing, we're all sitting there being needy, but at the same time, also, there's a weird thing where it's like, we have an inferiority complex and a superiority complex at the same time. I'm too weak to do anything about it, but I'm important enough to expect somebody else to do it for mm, me. Mm, yes. I, don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. It's an expectation. We, we have expectations of other people, but we're not willing to kind of address those expectations within ourselves because we feel like, because every, that's the thing. It's like you're willing to, adapt to a situation when it suits when it, when you feel like it suits you so if you feel like you don't have the power to make a difference you'll convince yourself you don't have the power to make a difference so i'm not going to stand up for this you know what i mean am, am i making sense there yeah yeah i think mostly it's about there's there's a there's how much you 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 genuinely care versus how much you like to think you care you know mm, so yeah. so in my coaching every now and then I'll have a client and the issue is about boundaries comes up a lot boundaries yeah. and the person will say I'm really upset at myself because I let my partner tran transgress my boundaries um, over and over again and I say that's impossible if it's a boundary somebody will only cross it once if it's mm. your actual real boundary say I have a clear boundary that I will not tolerate domestic abuse and my partner slaps me, he's only going to do it once. Mm -hmm. That's a boundary. That's your real boundary. And we all have idealized boundaries, the boundary that we'd like to have. If I was stronger, if I was more, more courageous, if I was the person I'd like to be, this would be my boundary. Perfect example is the amount of women I know who say that if my husband cheats on him, I'm going to leave him. And then they don't, right? Mm. And then they say that he crossed, he didn't cross your boundary. He, he, he crossed the boundary you'd like to have. Mm. Not necessarily the one that you, you do have. That you've set and, up. When, and then when he does do that thing, that really is, and it might be some other bizarre thing. Maybe he saw it, he saw it in front of your mother and you're like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. And it's the same thing about what we were talking about people. If you care enough, you know, get yourself to do something. You don't care enough. If you cared enough, th there's a concept of how much you, you like the idea of caring about something and the actual caring about the things that we genuinely, genuinely care about. We make a plan. Even if you're that guy, I mean, when we were there at, um, um, with our leader say, you'd always find these guys who like all I have is a patch of land I will plant veggies and anybody who passes by can grab a bunch of spinach because that's all he can do but he's doing it <laughs> exactly a lot of us yeah 
Sure. Do you think people get, a lot of people get pressured into these things? Is that why they, they, I hate to use the expression, but jump on the bandwagon? Like, so for instance, like Black Lives Matter, the GBV crisis in South Africa, do you think a lot of people jump on these things because they feel the pressure to, to say something? Because if they're not, they're going to get called out. Like, why are you so silent during this? Where were you during this? Do you think that is that are we creating that that culture of um let me just say something to be safe and then move on with my life do you think people should um should do that or do you think they should actually just stand their ground in a sense and say you know what i don't know enough about this to say enough about it but let me go and look at it at a later stage you know what it depends greatly. Say you are, I don't know, you're clicks, right? Mm. And you've gotten to a point where 65% of your clientele is black. If you don't care or pretend to care about black issues, it's going to affect your bottom line. It de- like I said, it depends. Sometimes genuinely you don't give a shit mm. and you, you are happy to go on not giving a shit but how your ecosystem is set up, you are, you are, there's an expectation from people. And, I, and again, I go back to the individual, right? Mm. I go back to the individual. It's one thing saying to an organization, you profit off my people, right? Because you get something from us when we're in need, the right thing for you to do is to help us because you get something from us, we should get something from you. And that's pragmatic, but it's different from forcing the organization to care. You can't make people care about things they don't care about. You can make them feel pain, right? You can strike, you can break windows or whatever, and then they then they invest it, because now you're touching them. But but we've got this, this silly thing of like, care about this, care. you can't make anybody care. People care about the things they care about, they don't care about the things they don't care about. <laughs> things happen in their own lives and they say, oh, I didn't care about this. Now I've grown, changed, whatever, now I care. But you, there's no tantrum you can throw that will force someone care about the things we don't. And I mean, in the industry that we've worked in, you know, the apologies that we sit there with crisis management and we write and 20 people check it and whatever. and you're only apologizing so that in two days time they find a new company to lynch you still Mm. don't you're riding out the storm yes you still don't i i i i i won't mention who where but i remember somewhere during my career guy said something that was taken as racist guy was genuinely confused because he was in an interracial marriage and he was like, I can't be racist. I'm shagging. <laughs> I can't be racist. I've got black friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I've got junk food. So, and, and there's no time for that, like, like the kind of education it requires, but we have to take out an apology. In, <laughs> in, and often, those apologies are not even written by those people. Not even by those companies. It's 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 outsourced to a crisis management. This and that. It's all bullshit, guys. I don't know why we still. Oh my god. Why? What? What is this conversation we're having? I hope it's got a theme of some sort because it no, sounds like this I'm is just... life lessons in life. 
this is how to make how to decipher the bullshit and how to form opinions and your own thought process it's like guidelines on how to you know form your own thought processes about something and become passionate about something based on what you hear because this is this is like important stuff this is the real thing and like one thing i think it was in your book as well where you mentioned that you should take each situation and deal with it individually as opposed to having a holistic opinion about something and fighting to the death but rather take each thing and break it down look at it and say and make a decision based on once you have all the facts right don't believe something just because you've believed it forever take it and break it yeah, down yeah. understand it and then look at look at everything around it and then make an informed decision on where you stand yeah i mean i mean this book that we're referring to is my third book yes and i had an I'm... interview with a some other show can we just mention the name of the book why are we unfuck yes. unfuck yourself unfuck the world unfuck the world yes incredible so, so it's my third book and they were giving out a pack of all three of my books you know mm. and and i said to the 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 host of the tv show that I wanted to be clear so I wrote the first book in 2012 I think and then the second one I think 2015 or 16 and yeah. then this one also the that, goddess bootcamp yeah 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 and I said that the things in the first book that I don't agree with now they they might it's a great book people are still buying it they want it and where they are it's it's the right book but there are things that I won't be held to in that book yeah you know and 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 fewer but some in the second book as well and and she was like are you sure you want to say this on air i'm like yes i want to say this on air because i'm growing i'm changing as well yeah. as and i think if if absolutely everything that you believed 5 years ago and 10 years ago still stands then this you need to check yeah yeah, yeah. then there needs to be an evaluation like it it's evolving your mindset needs to evolve in an ever changing world you can't get stuck in your same like obviously some beliefs will it'll just be there like i'm not this there's a lot but this a lot of your mindset and thinking on how to manage your life now and how to manage your surroundings involves you constantly evolving and informing yourself you can't have the same opinion on gay marriage now that you had 15 years ago like it's not going to happen you're lit- you can't you have to open your mind so for you as a person you should put that out there like rather take the power away from that thing before someone says wait kahiso but you said this in your last book and now you're saying this so you're contradicting and that opens up um you, you it kind of gives people ammunition and they will ride on that ammunition they find that one thing like that go that one ditzy moment she had in 6 days when they were shooting <laughs> they'll take that one moment and they literally use that to drive their point home you know what i mean like i think people are too afraid to kind of adopt these things and like adopt their mistakes or kind of like make peace with it like when we were speaking on the phone you were saying you had to deal with a lot of the things you wrote about because if you didn't when it comes up in a conversation you might take offense or it might rub you up the wrong way isn't that the same thing like you have to and that's your mindset's evolving because at the time it happened you said to yourself 
this is not right or this is wrong or this has hurt me and you've evolved now you're this person that says yes this happened to me but now how can i take this and move towards my destiny this is everything that happens is kind of like the bowling lanes you know like in, in the bowling alley where they put up yeah. those rails it's like that thing knocking you in place so everything that happened to you might have been bad at the time when it happened but it's it it helps direct you to where you meant to be like your yeah. destiny or your goals in life you know what i mean so i think it's great that you you address that from the start like i think it's important to do that because deal with it now why why leave it until because that's what happens a lot of people know when something is not right but they're like let's see what happens and then it, then shit blows up and then they're like okay let's deal with it now but if you nip it in the bud from the start you take the power away from it and you know what i wasn't even being preemptive i was just um because there were all three books were given they were being given to the same person you know so mm-hmm. i was assuming i was feeling like they'll consume them like probably oh, yeah, not, yeah. That's not the thought and, and i was like i need to make it clear that there'll be things that seem contradictory and they are because this is what i believed at the time and this is what i believe now you know mm-hmm. and 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 oddly enough at the same time I, i i don't necessarily think that what i believe now is truer than what i believed then and so if i for argument's sake if i went back to 2012 and then i followed the path in the fuck yourself book some of those things wouldn't work for me mm. do, do you know yeah. so so this is the map that makes sense for me as the person who i am now and that one is the one that worked for me as the person who i was then which is back to what we were saying about about how i'm sure there might there is a universal truth the truth somewhere out there but i don't think human beings are in the realm of that absolute truth we are in the realm of a very personal what is true for you right mm-hmm. and what is true for you might not be true for someone else but it doesn't make what's true for you any less truer for you and and i think in in a weird way that that's what this chaotic conversation has been about that that um find your path honor your path and um be so not immersed in it but own it so much so that even if you're the only one walking it it doesn't bother you what else anybody's doing or not doing who's endorsing you who thinks you're stupid who mm. you know like just do you and i think if we all minded our own business more <laughs> and it sort of sounds like i say people shouldn't care but but it's not what i mean i think actually if we cared far more for ourselves we would be kinder to everyone else and and i think we're all in a hurry to to externalize stuff as much as we're talking about putting things on instagram and facebook or whatever we all very busy trying to say this one fix this one fight this big fight over here or whatever and it's all messed up and dirty on the inside and i i say one thing and then you get triggered and you hear something else and it becomes chaotic and the more we can all get cleaned up on the inside even when we do help people it'll it it won't be poisonous help like i know so many people who are helpful but 
the help is all wrong because they're not coming from a, a clear space. They're not, a lot of them have got complexes. They think they know better than the people that are trying. Like often, often, like for instance, people who are uneducated or poor are not any less intelligent than you. They just have less resources. Yeah. You know, that's a perfect example, actually. That's a perfect and, then, example. and then people with better resources will come and then they'll treat these people like they're not intelligent. And then they'll tell you how they're going to solve your problem without even first understanding what your problem is. You know, mm -hmm. I had a, a classic thing happen in a group that I'm in, mean, not a Facebook group, but an actual <laughs> real life group. And one woman diagnosed another one. And then she, she formed a, a WhatsApp group for us together to help the other one. And I'm like, have you asked her yeah. what she thinks is wrong because this is your diagnosis? And have you asked her what kind of help she would like as opposed to you having a diagnosis, bringing us together and now we're going to figure out how we're going to save her. And if we, if our diagnosis is wrong, right? And we come and we offer her this thing and she turns it down. The next time when she genuinely needs help, we're going to say, well, we tried to we help We tried you. the first time no. and you didn't want it. Yes. And there's a lot of that happening because we are not, and the lady who started the group and the diagnosis, whatever, she's got all sorts of other shit going on herself. And if she was much clearer, that wouldn't have been the route she's taken. And I think a lot of us have to just go back do us, deal with us, sort mm. out situations, and then we'll be a lot more helpful to everyone else. Yeah. The analogy of the mask on the plane, the oxygen tank on the plane, yeah. like literally, yeah. you know, like even you reference it as well. You say, you know, on a plane, if something's going down, put your oxygen mask first. You're able to help more people by taking care of yourself than saving one person and then passing out. You know what I mean? And And that's exactly what it is because like if you're not fixing yourself you're looking at everything from your dirty or messed up or your blurry vision and someone i mean you you spoke about the person could be like no this is not i want not what i want this is not going to work for me and rejects your your advice on the other spectrum there's the person that does take it because they they think you've put out this thing that you're smarter than them because you have more resources so they accept your advice as truth and they start to convince themselves this is what the problem is. And then what happens is the root of that problem is actually still within you. So like five, 10, 15 years down the line, this thing starts to manifest because you haven't dealt with it because you never actually took the time. You took what someone said and made it your truth instead of like trying to, you know, spend time out and try and figure this thing out yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, well, it, and that becomes a problem. They keep giving the evil eye because it's supposed to go somewhere and not get it. What do you really, really want to know, ask, talk about? Because I have to bounce. Oh, you got to bounce. No, yeah, I, I mean. We've been talking for an hour and a half. Oh, is that all? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I, I was, you know what? I was just looking at your book and thinking about everything like our journey personally that when i worked i was terrified of you i was shit scared of you from the first time everybody I met you. is yeah <laughs> and you know what when 
and then along the way, something I mentioned in the beginning, there was a story that I wanted to tell about you in particular. And I remember the one day when we were working together, we were working on this massive campaign, um, the breakup campaign. Yeah, and that was... yeah, so it was fun, but it was very intensive, you know, like a lot of work, a lot of creative energy, a lot of, yeah, strength required. And I remember the one day I walked outside and you were on the balcony there and you asked me how I'm doing and I'm like, shit, but it doesn't matter. And you said, no, it does matter because if you're not fine, this campaign is not going to be fine because everything that you're holding within yourself is going to express itself through your work. And I think that's the, the day I realized, I clicked, you know what I mean? Because I, I wasn't like afraid of you anymore. I was more like, I wasn't afraid of you. It's more intimidating because your mind is incredible. Like, honestly, I'm, you're one of the people I'm so blown away by. I always think back and I'm like, this is, this is like someone that you could You didn't know people. you were in the presence of greatness. I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea because I was just so used to seeing this, this brain and this strategist, you know, in action. And on that day, I, I, it, it switched and then I realized that this is someone I can come to and come speak to. And when I read your book, it's it's like the conversation you had on the phone. It was so weird, not weird in a sense, but it was it was nice to see you in a different light because that book, this book, Unfuck Yourself, Unfuck the World is the true expression of the person that I see you as. So like I said, when I read it, I had your your voice in my head throughout this whole book because from that one moment where you know, I realized this is the person you are and I can come to you with stuff was when I realized, okay, cool. Um, because in this corporate world, we get stuck into this thing of, I must be afraid of X, Y, and Z because it's all about work, but you changed my perspective in a big way. Um, and I think that's why more people should read this book because it actually talks. I mean, I want to do a follow-up at some point because I want to talk about like some of the references in the book, I want to talk about some of your methods. I don't want to give too much away because we want people to go and buy the book, obviously, and read it for themselves. Um, but I think there were some there's some very powerful tools on how to cope with life, how to deal with life, how to manage life, and just how to open up your mind to new perspectives. Like I said as well, this morning I went for a run and I was like, obviously thinking about the podcast and the recording. So I decided, let me do what Kakiso says in the book and try this out. And I went and lay on some random person's lawn on the oh, grass. Yeah. I made sure I wore like a short t-shirt and short pants so that I could like feel the grass. And, you know, like I know how to meditate, but I f it's weird that I find it's a problem to sit down for five minutes and do it. It's like, there's this blockage, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I laid there for about 20 minutes and listened to what's around me. And I, and I realized like there's so much power in nature. I love nature, but I feel like I don't always experience it the way that your book tells us that, or guides us. It doesn't tell us, it's, it's a guideline, right? Your book's a guideline. You, you either listen to it and you take it in and try it out or you don't. And yeah. it's great. I was trying out all the things, you know, when you say like, put something in your hand and if it feels heavy, if your body feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. stuff is incredible. And it works. And it does, right? The ring thing, the thing where you join your fingers. And if you say something that is not mm. part of you, it, you break the ring easier. It's crazy. So I think 
we should definitely do something to follow up on this. Um, there's so many, we didn't even talk about the things we wanted to talk about. We just started talking about aliens and then got into know, a yeah. cool conversation, which is great. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of these things. It's not about like, you know, a rigid structure. It's, it's just about let's converse. I'm, I'm a horrible person to interview around books because as weird as it sounds, I really don't give a shit if I sell books or not. Mm. Um, so when I, when I write my books, I set very clear intentions. You know, I, was, I reread a bit of it the other day because I haven't um, spoken about it in a while. Mm. And I realized that when you read it in the beginning, you get this undertone that it's going to be about Jesus. I picked this up like the, there's this like- the It's the commandment thing. And commandment thing. number nine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, hmm, if I was reading this book and I was not really into church, I'd be like, oh my God, she's going to try to convert me, which is funny <laughs> because I'm not a Christian. Um, mm. But I pray quite a lot. And, 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 and my praying is that kind of praying, lying on the grass, hiking looking at the sun it's 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 a communion with with a life force right and an energy and and whenever i write uh books not even just books when i'm giving talks when i'm giving classes because i teach as well mm. i offer myself as a channel to a universal intelligence that wants to come through yeah, yeah. And, and and it's more like i'm like an instrument that's how i look at it so oddly enough, I don't get too attached to my books because there's a part of me that feels like I didn't write them. They were written through me. Mm. So if people hate them, I'm like, God, they don't like your book. Hey, I'm <laughs> you just know? a vessel. I'm just a vessel. You know what I mean? Better <laughs> luck next time. So, but because of that, I, I feel like they will always end up where they're meant to end up, when yeah. they're meant to end up there, how they're meant to end up there. And I've managed to write bestsellers with that formula, so I'm not going to... Mm. Yeah, and it's timeless. It's, it, this is something someone might pick up 10 years from now when you've moved on from it, like your previous books. Yeah. And in 10 years' time, that book, this book becomes more relevant for them. You know, it's yeah. different yeah. parts, different times. That's what makes these books kind of timeless. So I got the ebook because I find that I love reading books, but I, I find that I... I tend to get very tired and start falling asleep. So I buy eBooks because then that, I think the blue lights keeps yeah, me awake. Yeah, yeah. So at night I'd get into bed and it's, I mean, you can knock this thing. I knocked it out in like less than three days, like a few hours. Yeah, you know, crazy. you know, you're intrigued when, then when I go to bed, I start thinking about what time I'm going to wake up so I can start reading the next parts and see how many pages I can get through. So I got the eBook. People should go check it out. This is what it looks like on the eBook. It's actually quite fancy like that. I like it's it. It's very fancy. I love it. I really enjoyed it a lot. So um, where else is it? It's everywhere. The usual places, exclusive mm. books, CNA, the online stuff, loot, um, take a lot, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. So this is yeah. on Amazon, so it's cool. So it's, it, and, and it actually, it's on its second print now. The first run sold out, so it's reprinted. Oh, so wow. It's Congrats. Pretty well. And it's actually because I, I did have to read it a fair amount of times, more times than I wanted to read it. Mm. And it's really interesting how well it flows because I didn't write it in, in order. Oh, really? I would never have said. I wrote, I wrote different stories, right? Yeah. Actually, I wrote way more stories than are in the book. 
And then ultimately I had to decide which ones went in, which ones felt like they were useful to this or that or whatever. I could have written about flat earth. <laughs> was like, does it add value to this or not you know so a lot instead of i you like, spoke about wanting to kill an ex-boyfriend which was entertaining as well yes yes um no no i didn't you were a, want to kill a, an ex it was an ex-boyfriend then. yeah yes. you're current now current yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. so that's evolution of the mind you see exactly back <laughs> then you were thinking that way now you yeah, I was like, you know what? If this guy's making you miserable, baby, let it. So I wrote the, the different stories. Hmm. And then afterwards, I, I sort of like, because I'm a really good facilitator and editor of things, I was like, hmm. okay, hmm. this is not really useful. I can put this here, blah, blah, blah. And then after I did that, I went back and then I... I wrote the I wrote the intro last. Okay. And wow. and then I went through it now weaving them together so that mm. it it it, it feels like one story. Flow, yeah. It's sort of like how you shoot a movie, right? People yeah, watch you storyboard movie. it and then you piece it yeah, together. Yeah, they feel like end. it's shot in order, but back at the ranch in winter they shot these scenes and then they were twenty <laughs> and then they that, exactly how i wrote it which is really odd because the other two i really did write them in a linear fashion sure very cool no i love it and i think everyone should check it out if not for using some of the techniques just to get an idea that there are different ways to deal with stress and there are different lifestyles that you know people can choose you don't have to get stuck into a cycle of stress, traffic, and all sorts of things. But if you are going to be there, there are different coping mechanisms on how to navigate through those things, like by using something as simple as taking a walk or lying yeah. on the grass. And it's also entertaining, you know, even if it was. It's hilarious. Funny. It's Dude, <laughs> I, you know what? Like, you know, when you're alone, you don't often laugh out loud. Um, I laughed. I laughed out loud. <laughs> so it was super entertaining. It was hilarious. The stories are great. How blunt and honest it is. It's it's great, but also factual. There were a lot of great references that actually made me go and like research certain things. Yeah. Um, there's obviously stories you've spoken about before about like. Uh, pharmaceutical companies and the famous company that gives people in the villages powdered breast milk so they stop producing their own breast milk and then after two weeks they have to start using this powdered breast milk by this company and that you know all these companies so th the stories and the references that you spoke about um, do you avoid mentioning the companies just to avoid lawsuits yeah, I mean, I don't need that kind of attention. Yeah, we don't need that. Like you said, people can go Google it and find out. It's right at the top. There's like... Exactly. <laughs> Why should I get into trouble? Exactly. Why must you deal with that? Like, let's just give people as enough to kind of satisfy yeah. and then let them go and look. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's hilarious. I think it's very... It's, it's for the times. Um, I think it was very important. It resonates in that sense because it's so important in this time we're living where people were forced to look at themselves, to introspect, to take a look. People were forced to kind of start fixing some of the internal struggles um, they've been dealing with. So I think it's great. And yeah, congrats. So hopefully we'll get to talk about your psychedelic. Um, yeah, yeah, we can have one as well. Yeah, yeah, we can have a conversation on that. Especially the Iowa. Right, 
Thank you so much for taking time out. I appreciate it. Madame. Thank you. I shall apologize on your behalf for my people. Oh, yes, please do. Yeah, please cool. tell them I'm sorry. All right, take it easy. <laughs> we'll chat soon. Bye.